Have you heard? I now have a Patreon account where you can sign up to support my work and get some pretty awesome perks to help you realize your own potential. Perks include things like handwritten notes sent via snail mail, monthly oracle card readings for your business, and even exclusive monthly intuitive business coaching sessions. Check it out at patreon.com slash her entrepreneurial spirit. And I really wanted to continue working with animals instead of people, because sometimes I find it challenging working with people um, energetically or spiritually, because sometimes they only want to hear what they want to hear, or they try to make a message fit into whatever problem they're trying to solve. Whereas with animals, it's, it's really like... It's, there's no BS there. It, they, they're so genuine in what they need and what they're communicating. And they really just want us to listen. Hello and welcome to Her Entrepreneurial Spirit. I'm your host, Monique Glover. This is a place for spiritual entrepreneurs to connect and share their voices. Join me as I talk with women who are harnessing the power of intuition, creativity, and trust in order to build authentic and purpose-driven businesses. It's time to lean into your own light as you let these stories encourage you to explore the unlimited potential of your entrepreneurial spirit. Natalie Tooley is an animal and equine Reiki practitioner and animal communicator. She has been actively embracing her gift and communicating with animals since 2008. Natalie works in the corporate world for her day job, but is being called and pushed more and more each day to work on her healing business. And I am so excited to see what is coming up for her and how she's bridging these two worlds. I met Natalie about... I think eight years ago now, when we moved into what would be our last home in Calgary before moving to the East Coast. At that point, I was very curious about spirituality, but hadn't gone through what would be my kind of a big spiritual awakening just yet. But I vividly remember walking around the block with Natalie and my newborn daughter And somehow we got on the topic of astral traveling through dreams. And I just felt these inklings of a deeper knowing and this loving connection with Natalie. So I am so excited to have her here today and talk about everything that she is up to right now. Thanks, Monique. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today connect with you again. Oh, I know. It seems like no time has gone by, but then when you judge time by the age of your children, <laughs> all, of a sudden it makes you feel all the time has right? gone by. It's like you feel really old. Like <laughs> yes. really? They're not tiny little babies anymore. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Yes. As, as we were talking before, yeah, time certainly has flown by. So I'm so I'm excited to connect at I think it yeah it must be when did we leave about six seven almost I think seven years this year um since we moved from being neighbors and it's amazing what 
can go on in seven years, not only in your kids' lives, but growth and just changes in who you are as a person. So I am excited to dive in and hear about what's been changing for you and what are you doing now? (laughs) Yes, yes, lots. Oh my gosh, lots. I can't even remember what I was doing um, before before you left Calgary. I mean, I, I so I work in marketing in the corporate world. That's always that's always sort of been my jam, uh, and I've worked in in the um, architecture, engineering, and construction industry mostly. I worked in oil and gas for a little bit, but I love I love the creative aspect of working with and collaborating with creative people, and that's always really called to me and and makes my heart sing. Um, however, behind the scenes, there's oh I've always had this really really strong connection to animals, and. Um, so much so that I'm feeling, and for the past few years, I've been feeling this big push to, um, really explore that as more of a business. So I've been treating it more as a hobby and and doing some personal development and growth and, uh, really being called to, um, use my gifts in such a way that there can be an energetic exchange and and some sort of a business is for me. Tell me a bit, Natalie, about when you started to first um, embrace those gifts. Take me back to 2008. What was happening in your life? When did you start realizing that this was a real thing for you? So in 2008, we just moved into our, our house um, um, in which you, you know you were neighbors with us. <laughs> so we just moved into this house and we had we had a rabbit at the time. Her name was Kobe. And um, my husband, well, one one of the things that sort of drew us to moving to a, to a house was to get a dog. And um, so for my birthday that year, my husband had surprised me um, with our dog Gus. Um, who's still with us today. Is he? I remember Gus. He is. Yes, he's actually in the room with me right now, just kind of basking in the sunlight. Um, he's a big part of my journey too, which I'll get into. But so I remember when, when we brought Gus home and Kobe was, she was mad and she was acting out and <laughs> as rabbits do. She was, she had quite the, quite a strong personality. And I remember sort of sitting with her within the first week that we brought Gus home and she very clearly communicated with me telepathically that she was mad that we had brought this new animal home. And she, the reason she was mad was because she was not, um, she was not going to be getting the full attention she, she used to get. So she was mad. She was acting out. She was she she sort of went on a destructive path and sort of destroying things because she was she was trained to be like a free roaming rabbit. And she had she had certain areas of uh, an area of the house where she could run and she was litter trained. And that was all great. But she started acting out. So I I was kind of taken aback that she so very clearly communicated with me that she was mad about this. But also, I didn't know what to do with it. So you know, I talked to my animals a lot and I, you know, I kind of left it and and life moved on. And then in the fall of 2016, um, I had another encounter with a different animal and this was a horse. So my husband was at 
um, a jumping show. And he had to, so his, his class was up where he was going to be the next one going into the show ring. And he very quickly had to run and, and go do something. And he had asked me to stand with his horse and hold on to his horse. And his horse at the time was named Hal. And Hal very clearly told me, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And again, I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what to do with that information. And then my husband came back. Like This all happened very, very quickly. My husband came back, got the horse, went into the ring, and Hal refused the first jump. Um, and you, you, get, you get two tries before you're disqualified. So Chris tries again, goes over the first jump, but Hal refuses the second jump. So my husband's disqualified. And right there, I was like, wow. You know, Hal very clearly told me he didn't want to do this today. This is not where he wanted to be. And then the actions really showed, you know, it almost validated what he was telling me. And I was like, wow, I really need to pay attention to this. So it wasn't, it was that moment where I was like, there's really something to this. And I'm clearly like a vessel for communication with animals. And like I said, although I talked to animals, I wasn't always really listening to them. So uh, after that horse show in the fall of 2016, a friend of mine actually saw on Facebook that there was this lady coming in from Vancouver and she was offering an animal communication workshop in February of 2017. And um, there were limited spots. So, So my friend was like, you need to at least explore this. And I thought, heck yes. And I signed up and I got in. And it was an amazing two-day workshop. And again, it really validated all of the experiences I had been having um, between 20, 2008 and 2016. Um, some of the communications and messages, um, because in between that period of that, that sort of eight-year period, while I was getting messages, there was always like my ego that would step in and go, is this true? Is this actually happening? Or... Um, am I, you know, is it a figment of my imagination? Am I making this up? So going through that, that workshop for two days um, was extremely eye-opening. And I learned so many great tools that I could use as well. And it helped me tune into my own animals. Um, as I said, Gus is an amazing, he's an amazing, um, he's such an amazing dog. And then we got him a little friend named George. and. <laughs> at the workshop, they both were, I, I tuned into each of them and I was really able to understand both of their personalities and again, how to talk to them and work with them differently. Um, so I found the workshop to be really, really eye-opening and useful and a great stepping stone for now the Reiki work that I'm doing. And what an amazing feeling to... Like you said, just have it validate your experience and that how many of us think, oh, this is just like we're taught to think you're just making this up. It's not real. You're whatever, looking into it too much um, instead of being taught to really trust it. Yes. So having that validation, it must have been amazing to have someone Oh my goodness, they know. <laughs> they know what I feel like. <laughs> and, and they could teach me tools to to harness it and 
do something with it, use it for for good in the world instead of just being faced with, I wouldn't know what to do. My buddy is mad at me, but okay, what, what do you want? I'm not giving away the dog, right? So what, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but also, so while I had the validation that, wow, this is a thing, it still very much is not, was not like accepted. Um, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a really um, spiritually supported, supportive family, um, which is fantastic. But if I'm talking to friends and I'm going, yeah, I'm taking this course on animal communication. Yes, I'm going to learn how to talk to animals. A lot of people are kind of, really, that's a thing? Or, even you know, it just has sort of stigma around it. But um, then I started, then people started asking me and through this workshop, uh, you know, I sort of took it upon myself to um, reach out to actually, I reached out to coworkers at the time and I said, Hey, I just took this really cool workshop. Um, can I tune into your pet? And my coworkers were like, yeah, sure. You know, really not thought nothing of it. It's a really great communications through came through for them. And, and, and again, that validated, not only were the messages correct, but hey, I can do this. This is a thing. I really am. You know, I have a gift here, um, which really sparked my uh, passion for moving it forward. Like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And I knew that I was always a healer as well. And I've always been, I've always been interested in you know, Reiki card or pardon me, tarot cards and angel cards. And, and, and I've always been really great at communicating that way, but I knew that my hands, like I had a, a gift and I was able to heal things. And, um, and, and it was sort of like a gift that I inherently knew that I had. Um, so I don't even remember how I found it, but I found a really great animal and and equine Reiki practitioner course online, um, which I began in the fall of 2017. So this is the same year I take my workshop um, earlier in the winter. And then uh, I I started this this Reiki practitioner course in the fall. And it began with the animal um, practitioner course. And I I, um, got through it quite quickly. I found it quite fascinating. And um, and I really wanted to continue working with animals instead of people, because sometimes I find it challenging working with people um, energetically or spiritually, because sometimes they only want to hear what they want to hear, or they try to make a message fit into whatever problem they're trying to solve. Where, whereas with animals, it's it's really like, it's, there's no BS there. It, they, they're so genuine in what they need and what they're communicating. And they really just want us to listen. So I found that quite beautiful. And, and that's my preference too, is to really challenge myself and work with an animal and really trust. And I've learned how to trust my gut so well over the past few years as well, um, just through doing this work. So I took, yes, I took the animal um, course and then actually my instructor, um, I graduated with honors and then my instructor recommended I take the, the equine uh, Ricky practitioner course was, which was a little more involved. And I completed that in um, May of 2018. And while it was very similar to the animal Reiki course, it was also quite different. And um, I do, so I am exposed to horses 
Um, my family, we, we ride, we enjoy being out at the stables. So, so I'm, I'm able to be around horses quite often and I, I have developed quite a connection with them and I absolutely love working with them. If anyone had told me I would be working with horses, um, you know, back, back in, let's say even 10 years ago, I would have told them, told them they were crazy because I was terrified of horses. So it's quite amazing to see sort of how far that has come as well. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I thought you were just riding was a thing that you've always done, or maybe as a child you were riding as well. No, my, so, I mean, I'd gone on trail rides and whatnot, but my, my, my mother was terrified that if I went, if I, if I was on a horse that something would happen to me. So, um, I sort of had to sneak away and, and do those activities. <laughs> this is what you sneaked away to do, <laughs> to go horseback riding. I love it. <laughs> and then ask for forgiveness later. But yeah, and I think maybe her fear is sort of, I, I sort of maybe took that on. Maybe it was projected onto me a bit because when I, when I first started taking like jumping lessons, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I was kind of, I was, you know, I, there was a little trepidation to be around a horse, but I loved being on the horse and doing the jumping, which looking back on it, I'm like, that's insane. Like you're jumping a 1200 pound animal over like, and they're so unpredictable. Like, I mean, something in me just, just really clicked there, but yeah, just, I love being around horses now. Um, So I'm not sure what, what really shifted there in terms of the fear, but horses are such great mirrors of our own fears and they can teach us so, so, so much if we could just sort of spend quiet time with them. They're amazing teachers, amazing, amazing teachers. I feel it's amazing that by almost leaning into that fear instead of running away from it, that you found this special gift that you wouldn't have found otherwise, that that fear was there to right. teach you something, not to lead you away from it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And how do you find horses communicate if you are communicating with your dog versus one of your horses? What is, do you find there's a difference between their style or their needs? Sometimes with the horse, like they won't tell you right away because they are fight or flight animals. Right away, they won't inherently trust you. I won't get a, a clear communication from, let's say, a new horse as I would with a dog I'm meeting for the first time. So I do have to spend a little bit more time when I'm working with a horse. However, the way they communicate is very, very similar. It's funny because my 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 practice has really grown from just being Reiki into a combination of, um, so I will tune in and do a scan and do the Reiki, but then communications will come to me as well. So it's, it's really sort of evolved into, um, I I guess maybe my own practice and and modality a little bit, but I find that, um, yeah, with horses, I just need to spend a little bit more time. Um, I mean, some horses are great and they'll open up right away because when they see you coming, they think you're just there to give them food. (laughs) But, but some of them have been abused and they've had really hard lives. So, so those ones need a little bit more time before they'll, they'll really open up. But, but I find that the telepathic communication and, and that um, is very similar for me, whether I'm working with a dog or a cat or a bird or, or a 
or horse and really leaning into that intuition that I think all animal lovers would be able to understand or anyone that's worked with rescue animals before that they have those personalities. Like I remember Gus just having this loving, like so gentle with a newborn baby <laughs> and with your little girl, just this free loving kind of feel to him. You knew right away <laughs> that he just, you knew right away. Yes. He just yes. would give you all the love where, you know, I know people that have worked with rescue animals and there's a little bit, there's the trust building. Like you said, it's, it, mm-hmm. they have things that they need to heal as well too. And to be able to tap into this mutual language that you can kind of get more into the root of what's happening is wow, it just blows my mind listening <laughs> to your stories. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's quite, I, I, I feel like it's quite unique. And, um, and it's amazing how different, an, how animals can be so different, you know, even though they're the same species or the same breed, uh, their personalities are so, so different. And it's really interesting to understand how certain animals come into our lives to sort of support for different reasons as well. Um, you know, there was a, a, uh, an animal I, I was working with, a dog I was working with and, you know, very playful and energetic. And all of a sudden he got, he got really, really sick and the family didn't know why or what had happened. And then sort of after digging a little bit deeper and understanding that the family had experienced a loss of a family member. And the dog had actually taken that on. He'd taken on their grief um, so that they could they could process, but they they couldn't necessarily process hmm, as much as was coming through. So the, the, their family pet had taken that on, but it had caused, caused illness in his body because there was no way for him to sort of expel that energy. So I did some Reiki to help sort of move that through. Um, and, and I've seen that sort of pattern happen in different ways. Again, um, you know, animals just taking on things for their owners that they can't process fully. Uh, or maybe something that they're not looking at. The, the animal will take that on. And unfortunately, it does sometimes cause an illness or sickness in the animal. Um, and, and I'm finding more and more that's when I'm being called in to maybe help help things shift through a Reiki practice or, or communication just to understand what's going on. Um, but I found it really fascinating how these animals, like we love and nurture them, and we don't always understand sort of why they were called to be in our family. Um, but they're there really just to, to help us navigate the, the, the troubles and, and, and some of the, the, you know, the sticky, tricky parts that, that come into our lives. Mm, especially the animals that you weren't intending to get. They just mm-hmm. almost, they just show up, right? <laughs> they just show up. That's right. Yes, they show exactly. There, there is a rhyme or reason to why they come into our lives. So it's, uh, I think, uh, and a lot more people are paying attention to that as well. Yeah, I love that when you said you were asking your coworkers if you could tune into their animals, that they were so, so accepting of that. Yes, I'm really grateful for that. Right? I don't know if they would be the same if it was a person or maybe, I don't know, or their child, you know, some people are still hesitant about 
mm-hmm. you tuning into them psychically that there's, I don't know, stigma that you're going to read their mind or mm-hmm. some crazy voodoo, right? <laughs> or something bad's going to come up that I'm going to see and then there'll be judgment. Yes. And that's exactly the reason why I prefer working with animals. Um, because whatever comes up, comes up and it needs to be communicated or discovered or moved through. And, and I, I do find with working with people, they do put their guard up a little bit because yeah, well, I don't want you to see that. You can, you could read about, you know, you can give me a message or read my energy on this, but not this area. And, and that's not really how, how the spiritual energies work. Things that come up and messages that want to come through will come through. You can't really pick and choose what that is. So yes. Usually the things that come through are the things that need to be healed, which is probably what they're avoiding <laughs> looking at, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Animals and kids. Like I, I find how there's just no, <laughs> and how receptive they are to healing too, or any energy work. It just, there's no, I don't know. There's no barriers. It just, boom, it is what it is. And I find it interesting with the Reiki on animals to see how it, I'm sure it processes through them quicker than a, a person would, especially an adult. Perhaps. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if it processes quicker through them, but like, I know. So, so as I said, I have two dogs and, and Gus, so he, he's the older of the two and he loves Reiki. Like if he's, so, I mean, he, he'll be 13 this year, so he does have a bit of arthritis and, and they're, he's a Boston Terrier. So the breed's known kind of for like hip issues and he'll tell me, he'll come, he'll come right over to me and be like, my hips are hurting and I will do, um, so I won't go through the whole process of doing a scan and balancing all the chakra and all of that. I mean, that is, that is sort of one initial way I will do it. But if he comes to me, I will just, I'll know, he'll tell me exactly where he would like the Reiki energy. And I will focus on that area. And he'll tell me when he's done, like he'll sit there for as long as he needs. And he'll tell me when he's done, he'll give me a look and say, thank you. And he'll, he'll be on his way. Whereas the other one, the other dog is, he's so loving and gentle and kind, but, and he, he likes Reiki for, you know, maybe a couple minutes, but it's not, <laughs> he, I don't know if it's his age, but he's like, yeah, I know you can do it, mom. I know you can heal me, but, but I'm good. Like I'll, I'll let you know, but, but I only like it in small doses, whereas Gus could like sit there and have Reiki done all day long. Isn't that, that's so neat. It, they have their own personalities, just like your human children would, right? Yes. <laughs> that some will sit there right. forever and other ones are like, yeah, okay. I, I have stuff to, <laughs> stuff to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sunbeams to lion. <laughs> oh, so neat. <laughs> Tell me how how does this blend in with your day job in the corporate world? I'm really curious how how you balance both of them in your day to day life. If they balance things for you, if sometimes um, there's tension or conflict, or if they make a good fit for each other, or maybe introduced you to people or topics of conversation. Um, or maybe things that might be taboo to talk about in the corporate world, kind of giving you that almost like insider <laughs> nudge in there that you can bring these topics up. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, as I mentioned, so I'm in, I'm in, um, I work in 
the construction industry. I'm in, I'm in engineering, but I, I work in the marketing field, which is, it's, it's really creative. And I'm really lucky because I get to connect with all different types of people uh, internally and externally. Um, and in, in past roles where, you know, where I was exploring this, I would, would go to my coworkers and say, Hey, can I read for your, your dog, your cat, whatever. And um, of course they, they trusted me and, uh, and allowed me to do that. And now that um, this is sort of de- developed, I do, I, I don't know, right? like pre-COVID when we were all sort of working in the office, um, there would be, you know, water cooler conversations, but I would really be able to tune into someone's own energetic field to see if they were open and receptive to this type of work, right? Like, so I did have to use my intuition a little bit to say, okay, yeah, I know, I know this person is, is, you know, more close-minded about it. So probably not a great topic to bring up, but, um, there, there are a few people that I work with now and I don't even know how the topic came up, but we did, again, we talked about astral traveling and, and all kinds of, um, really really cool kind of out there topics open in the, in the open um office environment someone else overheard and came over and joined the conversation so I do feel while individually a lot of us are waking up and shifting and, and it's becoming more acceptable to talk about it I know still not everyone um feels that way so I do still have to tune into sort of the energy of the person to, to understand if they're sort of on the same frequency and, and are more accepting of it. Um, and it, again, it's interesting when I, when I joined this, this company I'm with now, I joined them two years ago. And um, when I was introduced to the whole firm, um, one of the partners introduced me as a horse whisperer <laughs> and, and introduced me uh, in that way, also in, a, in an email to, to the entire company of almost a hundred people. And I thought, wow, you know, I, in the past, I would have been like, oh my gosh, no, this is people, people aren't going to understand. And, and, you know, there would be sort of like, I'd put this protection around myself. Like, I don't know if I want to put myself out there, but, and I don't know if it's the energy of just the company, I, the energy of the people and the staff and the company I work with, but I feel like I can put myself out there and be like, yeah, this is what I do on the side. You may not understand it, but it's a thing and it's really, really cool. And let me show you. So, so I guess maybe that's where I've grown to now as well. And, um, and I don't so much work with my coworkers animals, but there's certainly past coworkers who, who come to me and, and say, Hey, I remember when you, you know, when you were doing your training and, and you read for my dog, are you still doing that? Um, so I do have sort of some, some some past uh former colleagues who still pop up and and ask me to do some work on their animals which I find is really really cool and um so and my day is quite busy like I have a lot of my work's very deadline driven um I have a lot of meetings but I do I've found that and especially during during like the pandemic and having to sort of shift the way I'm working in the corporate world it's allowed me to make more time for you know, meditations at lunchtime or go for a run and, and just sort of ground myself so that 
in my spare time, sort of after work or on the weekends or whenever, I am still very prepared to take on and tune into the spiritual world and take on that work. Um, so in a way, the shift that the pandemic has sort of created space for has allowed me to um, really make room and time and for this work. It really hasn't impacted it. I think for so many of us, it's exactly what you said. It's created that space from that, you know, that ongoing hustle of where you barely even have room to breathe and you th- there's no space to listen mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, you can't be playing like loud music in your headphones and you know, be expecting to hear what's going on around you. And by literally just shutting down the world and changing how we do work and giving space in a day to not just be on autopilot and eating at your desk and going from meeting to meeting. (laughs) It's like you can, you can hear better and I don't know, maybe that's part of the whole process of what's happening to a lot of people because I find all of a sudden people are tuning into things that they hadn't before, that they're they have quiet in their days, um, or they're forced to be quiet when they didn't want to before. <laughs> I know I can relate <laughs> to that, but um it's like that quietness is allowing them to tap into their intuition in ways that wasn't allowed before because we were just too busy busying ourselves constantly. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it really has opened an opportunity to go within and go inward and sort of look at that. And also look at sort of, yeah, really do some self-reflection in terms of beliefs, um, ideologies, the information that we see being presented through social media or the news or whatever um, and being able to go, okay, yeah, it's too loud. I'm going to turn that off and, and spend some more time on myself or go to nature. And, and then when you're in that headspace, it's easier to connect intuitively. And I really do feel like we all have this gift. Um, Some are just more, awake than others and but I I really do feel like in different capacities we we can all do do this it's just a matter of sort of quieting the mind enough to listen to what's out there and that can be scary that can be really scary well especially when it's questioning everything that you thought was was the reality and it to shake everything up like that it's Mm -hmm. yeah that is scary (laughs) And, but I believe exactly like you, that it's not, you know, chosen people that are able to have these gifts that everyone does. You, everyone has intuition. It's not like, oh, I have intuition and you don't, right? (laughs) That it's not this selective group of people. Everyone does. It's just, (laughs) it's whether you are choosing to tune into it or giving the space to, or, um, I don't know, or accepting, accepting it too. Because I think when you look at kids, they are so accepting of things as they come to them. And then as you grow up, you're, you're taught that, you know, that's kind of childhood fantasy and you're 
you're taught to doubt yourself and to doubt those intuitive hits and just write it off as whatever your ego wants to write it off as and not trust it. Um, so the fact that they're, we're moving back into that trust is is really cool, especially in the corporate world. Yeah, I think so too. And, and, you know, I think there are some barriers being broken down in terms of sort of past programming that we learn as we grow up and, and are exposed to different things and taught different things. It's, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, and I'm attracting more people that are, that are open and have amazing gifts and, and, and work in different modalities. And, and we share, we, we share our work, you know, it's more of an energy exchange, which is really neat too. Um, and I've met a lot of amazing people. I feel like I have a really good network and, su- and support group. And maybe that, that also makes it easier for me to talk about it. You know, when I am at work or in the corporate world and, and maybe care a little bit less about what people are going to think about the spiritual work that I do. Yes. And I'm sure the people that are overhearing the conversations too, like you said, that people are joining in and they're curious and maybe they don't have that support network and they hear you talking about it and it really, you know, piques this curiosity in them, but they don't know who to ask. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find, has there been a difference in how you work as a marketer after and before you have really refined your intuition? Are you, are you working differently now in your marketing role as you have this heightened intuitive development that has been going on? Well, I find that I, when I'm working on something that I'm really passionate about, I mean, I, there's so, as you know, the marketing role um, lends itself to wearing many, many hats and there's many different types of projects and things that, that come my way. But when I'm working on something that, that I'm really passionate about, I find that I, I kind of get to this, I don't know quite how to explain it in words, but I get this sort of sensation or this feeling that's quite uplifting. And it's almost like I'm in a really deep meditation, but I'm um, I have this like heightened awareness and the, all the energy around me changes and it's really, really cool. And I've noticed it happening more and more and more that when, when I'm working on something that, that I'm totally into and I love, uh, and, um, there's, I, maybe that there's that heart, heart, um, brain connection, um, really happening there in that moment that, that I find that not only do the words come easier and, and the ideas come quicker and and um there's more creativity there but I just find like I feel like there's a I'm, there's sort of a different sensation in my body and I can't quite articulate it but I feel different and I think that's a result of just being able to really marry um my spiritual practice and my my sort of corporate work day-to-day work as well um and I, I've sort of noticed it's happening in different sort of different little pockets of energy were, were kind of, um, they would, they would kind of hit me at different times, but I'm noticing more and more, it's more consistent now. It's not like one is good and one is bad, that, oh, the corporate world is bad. You want to try and be in the spiritual world because that's good. Or, um, 
I find when you talk about like masculine and feminine energies, it can be very, well, no, we don't want to be masculine because that's bad. Well, no, it, it, they're both neutral and they have their benefits and things you need to be aware of. And the fact that you are merging this corporate world with the spiritual animal world in such a beautiful way that's inspiring you that that's obviously affecting other people around you and just really stepping into what you're meant to do and it doesn't have to make sense i think we want to all the time label ourselves maybe that's because something we're always asked well yeah what do you do right and what do you say do you say you're a marketer who also practices Reiki on animals or right? <laughs> like how, and in your head, you're like, Oh, that doesn't like, what am I going to put on my LinkedIn profile? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. There's so much truth to that. And and we are so, so drawn to labels and, and identifying our work is to like, our work doesn't have to define us. And when we're introduced to someone, you know, one of the first questions people ask is, oh, what do you do? Or what do you do by day? And it's it's funny that that's sort of an icebreaker, but I'd rather know what are you passionate about versus what do you do? And I do ask that question. And it's really interesting to see what comes up. And a lot of people do sort of tie it back to whatever their job may be. Because I think that's just something that we've, you know, we're, we're quite familiar with. And it's easy to do that. And we spend so much time and energy on it and maybe yes. just not so much on the other things that we're passionate about instead. Yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation with a friend about how she tries to, when she's meeting new people, that she won't ask them about what they do and let, until it's actually relevant in the work she's doing with them and how she tries to get to know them as a person first instead of putting that label on. And I found that was really a really interesting way to to look at people as these, you know, diverse, multifaceted things. And you're not defined by your, you know, what your name tag <laughs> says you do. <laughs> Right, And that we have the freedom, I think, especially in this new online world that people are doing so many different things. They might not just have, you know, the one job that you do until retirement, that you could have many different things that are even a source of income for you. And it all combines different loves and passions that you have, and they don't have to make sense together. Exactly. They could be completely unrelatable to each other, such as my work. <laughs> yes, that you're not trying to merge the two. It's not like marketing services for animals, right? That want to practice Reiki. Like, it doesn't have to be <laughs> like that. Although you could argue, so in my corporate job, I do, you know, marketing communications and then like communicate with animals. I mean, that's such a huge yes. piece of it. No, and I don't think they need to marry together. But I do think in my, it, as I build this spiritual business, I do feel like there are a lot of lessons and things I've learned in the corporate world that I'm going to be able to carry through into, into this business as it grows as well. So definitely, you know, I've, I've gained so much uh, good and bad um, that are going to be really, really important lessons learned 
to to uh, help me help me further this along, whatever this ends up looking like. Um, and I kind of want to know the answers right now. What is what does this business look like? What am I going to do? How's this? And I mean, even as an intuitive, I will get little glimpses, but I don't have all the pieces. Which almost makes it more frustrating sometimes, right? <laughs> it, it does. It, it makes it frustrating, but it's exciting to know that, you know, there is something there. So, um, but I also believe as I give my energy into it as well, it, it, things things will unfold as, as they need to. And, and that's probably the biggest lesson as an intuitive. It's just like totally trust your gut and just know that things, like things are divinely timed and they will happen as, as they need to and as you're ready for um and you can't really rush it you just have to as hard as, as it is just trust for it to happen oh my gosh isn't that like one of the biggest lessons for all of us <laughs> yes. right for all of us yes. you just want it now and you're like I'm ready for whatever it is and but no you're not there's still other things that have to be set <laughs> into motion and it's that the waiting and the trusting I find also trusting before you see the results necessarily that it's that pre the pre-trusting that while you're still manifesting things that you trust that there is something that is coming and that it's leading you down the path you're supposed to go and um, before there's actually, you know, a business there, <laughs> before you're quitting your day job and running this full time, or maybe not, maybe you're doing both on the side, but it's like, you just want to see, I don't know, you want to see that proof, right? You want to see the analytics, right? <laughs> you want to see the results of the survey and you want to see that data. Um, and when you don't have it, it it's almost unnerving. It is almost unnerving. Yeah. Yes. That we're taught to trust the data over our intuition. And you're <laughs> like, oh, I don't know if I can trust it or not, but it's, it's a really, I don't know, it's a beautiful process. It is a beautiful process. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to say everyone's human and you can sit here and you say, yeah, I'm an intuitive, but I'm sure like everyone else, you have the days where you're just human. Like, I don't trust why this is happening right <laughs> now. I don't right? understand. I don't understand. <laughs> this still sucks. And it's not like everything is sunshine roses all the time. Oh, gosh, no, it's hard, too. It's hard. And the and. I think um, there are definitely some tools that I've I learned along the way, one being to ask for signs. So this has always been a big, big um, piece of me being an intuitive. Um, so when I'm feeling like maybe things are going awry or I don't trust that I'm on the right path, I ask for a sign like from from the universe, from my spirit guide. I asked for a sign and I've begun to recognize over the past 10 years or so, there's a certain thing that appears for me as my sign. And I take it and I go, okay, I'm on the right path. And what happens for me personally is I find a dime. I find a dime on the ground and I don't walk around looking on the ground for dimes. They, it's funny how um, I get the message, look down. So, you know, I may be having a hard day and I'll be uh, walking in 
down by the green space near my, you know, around my house. Um, I will just get this intuitive message, look down, and there will be a dime there. And I know that's my sign that I'm on the right path. And um, for me, that, that, that's been my thing for the past, I would say, 10 years or so. Um, and I do encourage others to look for signs, ask for signs, and just keep your eyes open. It, and it could be anything. It could be a repetitive song on the radio. It could be, um, you, maybe you find something else. Maybe you find a feather or something. I mean, um, and this is one of the tools that um, if anyone's done any any sort of um, workshops and things like this, this is one of the tools that, that um we are taught kind of early on to, to begin to trust your intuition and your gut is to ask for signs. Um, and they might not be immediate. You know, they may take, they'll, they'll come when they're ready. I, yeah. And it's not always, I don't know, maybe it's our culture that we think everything is dramatic and cinematic. Or instantaneous. Yeah, exactly. I ask for a sign <laughs> and like someone is going to beam down in my office and give me, you know, <laughs> like this big speech about my life path. It's, don't you find it's quite the opposite? It's learning how to tune in in the little things and trust them and not write them off as, well, I guess someone just lost a dime in the grass, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny for me too, because so because physical money isn't really a, a thing, especially with the pandemic and whatnot. So when they do find one, I was like, then it just becomes even more important to me. Cause I'm like, yes, this is, this is, you know, this is my sign. Yes. Yes. I am curious about how um, at the beginning we were talking about how you've been called more and more to turn this passion of healing into more of a business and how it's transforming what can you explain what it looks like what it may feel like to be pushed in that direction because I know I've talked to individuals that either you're kind of tuning in and you feel the subtle messages or for many of us it takes a total uprooting it's like the universe is screaming at you. Like, what are you doing? Go this way. <laughs> People have a total uprooting. And then they look back and like, oh, that's what it was. I was that's going, right. yeah. yeah, I was going in the wrong direction. <laughs> I was not listening to subtle. <laughs> so I got like pushed <laughs> to the direction. Full on push. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Shoved off that path. What are you doing? Get over there. <laughs> what has this experience been? been like for you that you say you're being more called to go into that way because it can be terrifying I mean you have a secure job and the thought of just leaping into something unknown for a lot of people it's scary it is scary it is scary and um I've definitely been pushed like <laughs> really pushed out of um certain jobs certain rules um, which has allowed me to do sort of that personal growth and development and take some training. Um, that's definitely happened for me on more than one occasion. And now I can look back and go, yes, that's why that happened. That's why that didn't work out. We're very stubborn um, beings, aren't we? Very <laughs> stubborn beings, yes. <laughs> why can't I have all of the things? Um, so that's definitely happened to me. But more and more, I'm just finding that people are people are finding me. So I don't, so I, I mean, 
mean, I, I have a business name in mind. I, I haven't really gone that route and created a website or I don't have a social media for this business I have, but I'm finding more and more people are finding me, whether they're talking to um, a, another, a, another healer who, who does work in another modality and they say, oh, well, I have a, you know, I know someone who can, who can help you with that. So I'm, I'm finding more and more people are, are kind of finding me, um, which is definitely pushing me to go, okay, maybe, I, maybe I do need um, more of a structured sort of business or operational plan or, or what have you. Maybe I don't, maybe this just grows totally organically and that's cool. And I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, so it's just like the sheer volume of people finding me and asking me if uh, they can pay me to do this work. Um, <laughs> Does that go against your marketing training of needing? I feel there's so much push to shout what you do from yes. the rooftops or no one will hear you. It's this fear of if I'm not in all these places and not doing all these things, no one is going to find out about my business. Yes. No one's going to find me. No one's going to see me. No one's going to judge me, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. which, which I kind of, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm breaking down those barriers and I care sort of less and less about putting myself out there. I've actually come to probably in the last year, um, it, it's really become, that's become less of an issue for me, but um, yeah, so I'm not feeling, you know, a big, huge push of things, maybe not working on one area being pushed in another, which, like I said, I, I definitely have experienced in the past. Um, but now, now more so it's, it's just people finding me, even though I'm, I'm not really out there, um, which is fantastic. And I'm so happy to help. And I definitely have made time to be able to, to support this and support, um, sort of the healing business as well, rather than just sort of filling up my time with things. Um, this is something I'm making space for. And that you don't, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's not like, mm -hmm. okay, I have to do this and I have to quit one job or the other. And that there, it, it has allowed you a balance of both. Definitely. And I definitely, I definitely did go through that sort of, um, uh, I, I was in that space where it was like, oh my gosh, do I have to quit this job and, and do this healing business and just go for it? Or can I do both? And, and again, probably in the last year, I've, you know, I've done that sort of inner work um, through meditation and, and just energetic healing to really understand that I can do both right now and that's okay. And there are certain pieces that need to fall into place before this could be something I do. I know this is, I know my healing business is something I'm going to do full time, um, but there are certain things that need to happen. And, and I don't know what those are. And, and I'm just going to trust that they will happen when they need to. And then this, this, I, like there will be a nice sort of gradual uh, flow into this business full time. That's uh, it just gives me like chills that it's, <laughs> everything is just orchestrated in a way that we can't understand, but we don't have to understand that you're just, yeah you should be enjoying the ride versus trying to understand <laughs> where it's going. <laughs>
and try to control it because I have tried to control it so many times and that's where things <laughs> yeah. sort of fall off the rails as well. So it's really hard work just to go, okay, yeah, I'm just going to let this be and let it sort of percolate and, and flow as it needs to. That's really, really hard. Um, especially for me, because I'm, I'm really organized. I, mean, I like to, I like to plan, but I do like to go with the flow. Like I do have, there is kind of an interesting balance there, but um just, just sort of let this ride and play out is, is pretty exciting. Um, and, and sort of not knowing what it's, like I said, getting glimpses of it, of what, it, you know, what, what's, what's going to come and what's going to happen is, is exciting. And it just kind of keeps that fire and passion fueled. Um, just, yeah, not really knowing the, the full outcome of it, but it's going to be beautiful. I know it is. Yes. And that's part of the fun if we were already there well then that would be boring I talked to a friend who's in the process of pivoting her business and I was driving to meet her for lunch and when we were leaving I was like I I got this message at the end just as I was driving for you about mastery is boring and I kind of laughed at that because well if you've just mastered what you're doing and you're just going to keep on doing it for the rest of your life yeah, that is super boring. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? That if you're already at that business and you know you're this booming business and you had it all figured out, well, part of that, what is there left to learn? There's no, there's no mystery, there's no magic anymore if you knew it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. If you knew the outcome, would you keep doing it day in and day out? I don't know. I don't know. But we do want to know, right? That's that we curiosity. Do know. Yeah. Right. It's like you can like being surprised, but you still kind of want to know some of the <laughs> details of how you're going to, how you're going to get there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for you to see how it unfolds because I, I totally resonate with that discomfort and, the need to control <laughs> everything <laughs> perfect. Uh, but it's that learning to let go and trust that well, it takes a lot of pressure off your plate too, that, okay, I don't have to do all this, right? <laughs> oh, it sure does. Yeah. And, and it wasn't an easy process. I did a lot of, you know, there was a lot of energy work done for me to sort of get to that point where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So it's, it's, it's I, I highly encourage people to, to go with the flow more when they're able to and worry less about what their ideals of the future are and should be and, you know, how the money's going to come. And because um, when you stop worrying about those things, it allows space for beautiful things to be birthed. So that that's really where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that 100% true? <laughs> it's a lot like the human birthing process and <laughs> you think about it's it's just at the point where you don't think you can do it anymore. It's usually when your baby <laughs> comes <laughs> and right. your body and your intuition just take over when you're not trying so hard to make it look a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what like when you start, I guess part of that, you know, it does go back to the 
the law of attraction a little bit. You know, when you focus so much on what you don't have, you're actually pushing it away. And I, I do feel there's some truth to that. And, and once you just sort of let go of, of putting energy into making it happen, it'll, it'll happen. Are there any specific practices or um, you had talked about energy work that you've done in your development that you found that were really great resources for you that might resonate with other people to try out themselves? Hmm. So one thing that um, I've been doing for a few years is called, it's, it's called a family healing constellation. And uh, there are a few practitioners who are trained in this work. Now, again, with the pandemic, it's a little harder because um, it is something that you need to do in a group um, with preferably strangers or people you don't really have connections with. And it's facilitated by uh, a trained professional. Um, and, and it's not really something you can do virtually. So... What, if and when we're allowed these, you know, in-person gatherings again, um, I highly encourage people to seek those out. And what, what a family constellation does is um, it helps you heal from seven generations back and seven generations forward. So it sort of undoes any um, entanglements that you may be experiencing, you know, if you're, if you are feeling, let's say, stuck in your job, you can focus on that. But um, the energy work, it, it, it's really interesting to see how um, you have sort of different representatives in your family. You may actually be taking on some of their stuff and not actually knowing it. Um, and doing this kind of energy work helps kind of break, break that barrier down and, and undo the entanglements there. So it, it creates a shift so you can move forward. Um, I found those to be really, really helpful. Um, and uh, one of my really, really good friends does, um, well, her, her practice has evolved as well, but she, she does bioenergy healing, which is so amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, I had a session with her at the beginning of February uh, because I was feeling a bit stuck. So yes, even healers don't, don't always heal themselves. We do, we do, um, we do ask for help. We do see other practitioners. Um, so she did a bit of a reading and, and, and then a full unfolding to understand sort of what areas um, looked stuck for me and what we could work through. And then she did a bioenergy healing session, which I encouraged people to sort of look into as well. And um, it really helped shift things through. Um, at the end of the session, I got a really beautiful vision of my business. And um, there was a horse that... I had a really beautiful connection with. Um, she passed away in December. And um, I know that she's still sort of helping me through and working with me. And I'm really excited to continue that, even though she's not here in the physical form. I'm really excited to continue working with her, even though she's, you know, passed on, but she's still in the spiritual world. I think. Um, we're going to do some great work together. And that, uh, you know, all of that really made sense at the end of this bioenergy session I had. I got a really beautiful vision and message um, from, from this horse who, who I just miss so dearly. It's so beautiful how even when loved ones are not on this physical plane with us, they are still helping and guiding us and 
different ways than they would have in person. It's, I mean, it, it just blows my mind. It's just I know. so amazing. <laughs> it really is. And again, if you listen, ask for the sign or listen for the sign and pay attention to that, anyone can do that. Anyone can connect with a loved one who's passed over. Um, it does take a little bit of belief <laughs> and, and again, trust, but yeah, anyone can do that. So, and, and again, kids, kids are so amazing. Um, they're an amazing channel for that as well. Mm, and you have a daughter. How has your daughter, do you find interacting with your pets at home? How does she, does she naturally interact with them in that sort of way that an adult might have? past conditioning on I'm curious growing up in that atmosphere like how how she interacted with your two dogs so my daughter's always had really intuitive gifts um although over the years uh, she you know they've lessened and lessened and um I grew up in a really spiritually supportive household and uh, both my husband and I encouraged that as well here um with my daughter and um, she has seen the, my work evolve over time and me, you know, being able to do sessions for others. And she's really, it's really piqued her interest. So she has, um, in the past few months, has asked me, can you teach me how to do that? How do, what are you doing? Can, how do you tune in? How do you do this? And she's now picking up on it. And she'll say, well, Gus, Gus really wants his red ball, not his green ball, he told me. And so she's really trying to trust um, the messages she's getting as well. Um, and I can confirm them, which is which is really great for her too. Um, she gets that she feedback, had, right? She but, gets that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of instant feedback, which is pretty cool. And yeah, she does, you know, if I if we notice that Gus is having a hard day, I'll say, Let, you know, let's beam some energy to him. And, and I'll show her how to do it. And um, she she has a really strong connection to horses too. And she talks. She has a or she rides this this uh, this awesome little horse a few times a week. And she I encourage her talk to him. Let him know how you're feeling. You know it'll it'll better your ride and and your connection with him. So she's really um, you know while while this is something that may be seen as unconventional. Um, we've encouraged it and, and she's really got a strong connection as well. So it's amazing. It's beautiful. Is it amazing? Like how, and how quick I, I was talking to my eldest Michaela before bed and she was, she had had a week where there were some fears kind of nagging on her and I'd started to talk to her about spirit guides and just, told her to ask and she wakes up the next morning she's like oh yeah my spirit guide came to me and this is what she looks like yada yada and this is what she told me to do if I need to get in touch with her and part of me is jealous because I'm like oh my gosh I've been working through all this muck and all this healing just to get an inkling of what my guides are trying to tell me and trying to navigate through you know unlearning so much and she's just such a, I don't know, kids are just such a pure, clear channel. Like 
Oh, such a clear right? channel. They just tune mm-hmm. in and they're like, boom, okay, I got it. <laughs> right? It's like, how did you do that? Can you teach me, please, how to do that? <laughs> That'd be great. Right. Can you undo these years of, you know, everything? Can I unlearn <laughs> all of this so I can be at that level? Yeah. So, yeah. It's quite amazing. <laughs> yeah. There, I am, I am in awe and inspired every day by my animals and, and my daughter. It's, so yeah, things are so beautiful. I mean, in a world that's yeah, there 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 are hardships and it and it's hard to watch the news and 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 there's a lot of fear out there. But um, if you can just go in and and again look for those beautiful moments and go inward and and just like create space where you can kind of sit in the uncomfortableness for a bit, because after a while of doing that, you will really understand and and be able to um, like the messages will come through. For anyone, for anyone, not just an intuitive person, for anyone. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this very special space with me. If you loved what you just listened to, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would be so grateful if you left a comment, a rating, and shared with anyone that you feel called to. Sending you so much love and light. Until next time, take care, lovelies.